Philippians 2, 12 through 18. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do all things without grumbling or disputing that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. Even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. Likewise, you also should be glad and rejoice with me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. God. Tom, it's it's a sunny day. It's beautiful outside. It's a beautiful day. We got we got an ODR debut today. The great John Vote, our scripture reader today. You know, many people, including you, Tom, I've, I've often heard you say, you know, John Vote is just a pretty face. He's just he's just a pretty face. It's pretty much exactly that's word for word. <laughs> but yeah, John Vote. He also happens to be a wealth of biblical wisdom. So Thomas, he's more than a pretty face. And uh, he's a co-host Corrected. today, I so stand play nice. I've just um, been... It's kind of like the Tuesday night crew, you know, the three of yeah. us, we're always doing Tuesday nights come together. On. Yeah, come on. Now we're doing some ODR. So we are continuing on through uh, the book of Philippians, uh, which uh, Jordan Coughlin has helped us get into so far. One of the greatest, it, it truly is one of the great books of the Bible. Um, a lot of, I mean, we've already hit so many iconic moments um, in this book, such as to live as Christ, to die as gain, um, and then the the humility of Christ, Christ's example of humility yesterday. Mm-hmm. And so Paul, he's continuing to build this blueprint of what what is Christ's honoring community and the lifestyle of a, of a Christian community ought to look like. So, you know, today he gets into um, talking about doing things without grumbling or disputing working out your salvation, um, you know, some some big kind of concepts that really would shape our life should we, you know, embody these things. So, John, Tom, what are what are we thinking as we look at uh, these verses in Philippians 2 or your thoughts on the passage? You know, this is such a great passage. It's, I remember memorizing um, the, especially verses 14 15 um and just the whole idea of do everything without grumbling or complaining so that that definitely comes to comes to mind as i look at it but i mean this this is like a if i was preaching this i would probably preach it in like maybe more weeks than people would want um <laughs> because it's so it's so rich uh you know he's he's kind of like weaning them mm-hmm. he's like hey you've always obeyed now do it without me being around. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of see like this weaning process of, Hey, you guys are growing up in the faith and he loves yeah. this church. He loves it. Like yeah. it's way better to be, um, you know, it's way better to be somebody in Philippi than it is in Corinth. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're getting a letter, if you go into the mailbox and you get a letter from Paul and you're in Corinth, you're like, Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> um, you, you go though in Philippi and you get a letter and you're like, heck yeah, man, 
church party. Yeah. Um, so he's he's really encouraged by them, and they're they're growing up in the faith. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's really nice to see. Is like okay, this is a big part of what he's about to say. They're they're growing up. They can do. They can walk with the Lord without him having to be around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that, I think that's kind of a big deal because I think probably two generations ago, um, like the Lone Ranger Christianity was was kind of normal. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have like very quiet faith, uh, quiet faith generation. And now we've kind of doubled down in the opposite direction of that to where it's, it's like, like yeah, like I, I, I could never just walk with the Lord. I need like my mentor. I need my person I go to every day. I yes, need my, yeah. and so I think he's not saying to walk with the Lord alone, but mm-hmm. he's saying, Hey, I am your mentor and, and you're in a good spot, the Holy spirit and your community and the word of God, you're going to be fine. Yeah, he mm-hmm. wants them to to grow to maturity. Yeah, but mm-hmm. yeah, to be weaned off, just like you were saying. Um, I, I think too, like we're looking back at the humility passage. He's like encouraging them in this present moment. Look back, therefore, in verse twelve, uh, in light of Christ's humility, in light of who Christ is, uh, resurrected, and as Christ is. Um, reigning over all things uh, to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So so in light of Christ as the risen Savior, then you are to obey him as Savior, as Lord. I was actually, I was listening to one of the old ODRs uh, with you and Jennifer, and you were talking about, uh, Will, you were talking about how um, when Christ saves us, he doesn't just save us as Savior. He saves us to Lordship. Mm-hmm. And we see yeah. that in abundance in this passage, that he becomes our Lord and our savior um mm-hmm. and the end of that first section of christ's humility um really encourages you when, when you are alone um if you have the fear of the lord within you when you do have those moments away from the church like paul's in prison right here um you're able to stand firm in your faith because you have that fear before god and i think that's such a important thing is like do we fear the lord mm-hmm. um to walk with uh fear and trembling to work out this salvation yeah, I, I love that idea of, you know, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the yeah. tensions uh, Jordan mentioned the other day, um, as he often does, the the importance of, of finding and understanding tension mm-hmm. in the Bible yep, and how it's kind of like a, sus- a suspension bridge, like two, uh, two truths that create tension between them. It actually creates you know, a very stable place to stand mm-hmm. and to traverse. And I think one of the ways that we see tension in the Christian life is there's this deep and abiding joy. Um, and, you know, I think like Ecclesiastes is kind of an interesting case study of the weird gritty joy that we have in fellowship with God, where it's things we, we take ourselves a whole lot less seriously and we realize that God has put us here yeah. to to love him to fear him to enjoy our toil to enjoy good eating like good food and drink um but then at the other side of the spectrum uh there's this really serious sort of like task oriented um you know what Paul often will use a, the soldier metaphor mm-hmm. uh approach to the Christian life where it, and that's not contradicting this life of joy and happiness in our savior. But there's also this seriousness 
And, you know, I, I think uh, mm. this passage, marriage is a helpful thing for me to think about in comparison because, you know, when it comes to working something out with fear and trembling, like there, there needs to be a great seriousness that we have when we consider wedding vows, you know, there, there needs to be like a fear and trembling. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I've been in a lot of weddings and, um, a lot of times, you know, I, I really enjoy like watching the 24 hours of my friends, like leading up to when they get married. Cause you kind of see the whole spectrum. It's like, they're excited. They can't wait. They're also like, you just wait. They, yeah, there's a yeah. wait. Yeah. They have like every <laughs> deep existential like yearning and thought, um, but what that is doing is that is creating the sense of like, I want to work out these covenant vows. And I think that's what Paul is is pressing us towards is, you know, I, I love uh, in the NLT, the New Living Translation, it, you know, phrases it a little more colloquially. It says, you uh, now that I'm away, it's even more important, work hard to show the result of your salvation, mm-hmm. obeying God with deep reverence and fear. Like work hard to show the result. I think that's beautiful. And then that kind of moves us into, so what does that really kind of look like? Well, it doesn't look like constantly grumbling and bickering and disputing, um, which is really, I mean, I love a good grumble session. That's really convicting. Uh, But doing all things without grumbling. And he kind of moves into these other practical applications. What are y'all's thoughts on kind of this latter half of the passage? The 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 grumbling i uh i i was i was thinking about it i was reading exodus this morning mm-hmm. and it was literally the manna uh when when god's providing the man and the quail and he he's kind of quoting a passage from deuteronomy 32 the midst of a crooked and twisted generation which is comparing god and the israelites god is holy and just the israelites they're grumblers and mm-hmm. they're crooked and they're twisted and they're rejecting god and the main thing the israelites do is grumble Mm-hmm. And you see, they grumble against God. It's because they don't trust Him. Mm. They don't go to Him. And I was, I was thinking about that. You know, looking at this this morning as well. And it's like, okay, we have so much more than the Israelites had in the wilderness. Yeah, <laughs> we have so much more than Paul had in this prison. Yet he's saying, rejoice, take joy. And if we really know the God of the universe, if we really like have come to trust and have faith and receive the grace of Christ, like who are we to grumble? Mm. Um, and, and I think there is that warning, like. Don't be a grumbler. Like, take delight in the Lord that He has saved you. And when you start to think of the grace He's given you, it makes it a lot easier that we might like be able to take joy in Him. Well, also, I think there's something in here that's very interesting with the grumbling, in that it's it's a little bit passive aggressive, um, <laughs> because if you go back to those Exodus passages in Exodus 16, it says, um, and the Lord said, when the, wor- when the Lord gives you in the evening meat to eat and in the morning bread to the full, because the Lord has heard your grumbling, that you were grumbling against him. Mm-hmm. But if you go back to the story, they're not quite as much grumbling against the Lord. They're grumbling to Moses and Aaron. Mm-hmm. And so whether they knew it or not, they really were frustrated with God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so often what happens in the church. I get frustrated with church people, but really I'm frustrated that, that God has not fixed this. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> I think when I learned to realize, okay, God is at work in me to work for his good pleasure. Yeah. Then 
when I complain, even if it's about somebody else, I'm really kind of fighting what the Lord's trying to do in me. Mm -hmm. And I need to work on loving confrontation, like lovingly having confrontation with a human in order to reconcile that, that we might be good brothers and sisters in Christ, that we might shine like stars in the universe. I might need to, um, go to the Lord in prayer better than I've been going, but there's, there's all kinds of very positive ways to fight the temptation to grumble and complain. And what happens is we become great lights for the Lord. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but he only gives two instructions here. Really? He has, he has a bunch of things in here, a bunch of words, but he's like, don't argue and complain mm-hmm. and hold fast to the word of life. Mm-hmm. And that's like real, a really good place for this passage to land. So, I mean, this whole idea of, okay, the Lord's at work in me. I'm going to work out my salvation. I'm going to, I'm going to really fight the urge to complain and instead examine God. What are you doing here? Mm-hmm. And in that, I'm going to have to go to the word. Mm-hmm. And, Absolutely. and those, if that, if I follow that formula in the spirit, walking with the Lord in community, it's prob things are probably going to turn out. Okay. Yeah. Amen. And, and I think that that really is the pathway that produces this serious joy. You know, it's interesting to the point of the tension earlier. We have in this passage today both work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And also, likewise, you also should be glad and rejoice with me. It's it's this serious joy that has like a weight and um, it's like this weighty goodness about it. Um, and it's a joy that's not easily snatched away. And so I think I think that's a great word uh, for us today and uh, to emulate Christ in that fashion. So for the great Thomas Nelson and John Vogt, this is Will Carlisle. We'll see you tomorrow on our Daily Rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ's Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for our daily rhythm.